Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Today's episode is definitely focused on all things food. And before we dive in, I want to give a quick shout out to a brand I've talked about before on here, but one that I hadn't had in a while, recently received some meals and was reminded of how freaking delicious it is. That is Saqqara. If you guys aren't familiar, they are incredibly delicious and clean meal programs that are delivered to your doorstep. It is also vegan, which I know is shocking for me because you guys know I'm not a vegan whatsoever, but I promise you, you won't even miss the other life that you might be used to. When I'm eating Sakara meals, I feel not only nourished, but also full and just incredible. And the food is actually delicious. I am not one who loves delivery meal programs, and this one just hits different. So if you're interested in trying it out, go to sakara.com and you can use code XOCAMERON, X-O-C-A-M-E-R-O-N, for 20% off. Hi, friends. Happy Friday. It's me, Cameron. I am here with Kelly Levesque, who is a celebrity nutritionist, author, podcast host of the Be Well with Kelly podcast, and honestly, so much more. She is someone who wears many hats and many titles and a guest that I've been really excited to have for a long time. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. Um, I have been following you for a very long time. I think of you in a very, this sounds so weird, but I promise I don't mean it to sound weird. Almost every morning when I'm making my smoothie, (laughs) okay, do I have the Fab Four, which we're obviously going to dive into. Mm -hmm. So you have been a great source of information and knowledge on Instagram for me, and I'm excited to share all of your knowledge and information and tips with our listeners. So to kick things off, how would you define success? Success for me is doing what you love without like breaking your back. It's 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 being able to make your passion a career and then having the space to still take care of yourself and, and be with your family. Yes, a hundred times yes. And I don't think that's talked enough about. I think it's so much, oh, find your passion and you know, success takes so much hard work and we live in such a go, go, go. If you're not overly anxious or working hard, then you're not doing enough, in my opinion, at least in New York. I kind of feel that's the mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely in New York. But I don't think it's mentioned enough that finding a career path that allows you to also take the time that you personally need is extremely important. Absolutely. And I think as an entrepreneur, um, it is something that you need to learn how to do. I mean, for me personally, I had my foot on the gas all the way down in the beginning of Be Well by Kelly um, and trying to make it a success or at least make it my full-time job. And, you know, my, my relationships suffered only because like I wasn't, I didn't have the time for my husband. And, you know, the only times that I didn't like my job and didn't like what I was doing was when I was not having the time for myself and my family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have, you can be doing what you love and have zero personal time and then resent it. So it's really important to, to learn to say no, to learn to protect your personal time, to, you know, put those things on your calendar, whether it's like yoga or a vacation or whatever it is that you need to recharge because you just come back 
to like the work in a such in a better place um, or grounded place. And I think um, in a place where at least in a service industry like mine, where I'm helping people find wellness, like I need to be an example of that. And um, Mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs, it's so easy to get wrapped up in wrapped up in your work and get so excited about it and just never, never put your foot on the brake. Yes. I think two points on what you just said. I think it's huge to help others. You have to help yourself first. And especially in this type of industry with the work you're doing, not only do you want to lead by example, but you need to be in a place where you're able to help others. And therefore you have to fill yourself up as well first. It's like why we put the oxygen mask on ourselves before someone we're with. Um, But I also think I've been struggling with this a bit recently, just kind of mulling it over in my own mind. But I think I'm kind of finally taking my foot off the gas a bit. Um, I'm still very early in the process of Freckled Foodie. So obviously, I do think these types of things as an entrepreneur, that is somewhat of a sacrifice you make in the beginning. You do have to put in more work, and I get that. But I do find sometimes when I reflect back, I'm like, I'm not the best version of myself lately with the people I love. And I almost feel like I'm giving too much to work or even this community, whether it's responding to comments, posting on Instagram, responding to DMs, sharing things, that kind of stuff, where it's taking space that should sometimes more be given towards my husband or my family or my friends. And it's kind of reassessing and balancing that so that it's not taking over your entire life and ruining the personal aspects that are there to fill you up and are necessary as well as much as a career, in my opinion. Oh, I totally agree. I, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, what's interesting is a lot of people, you know, sweet, like DMs I'll receive that are like, I've been mm-hmm. following your career and I want to be a health coach. Or I want to be a nutritionist or I want to be an author. And, you know, and their foot is all the way on the gas. And I think, you know, the hard part in the social media era is that we are really comparing ourselves to others. And I always like to try to remind people that I had an eight-year career in cancer and genetics. And Mm -hmm. I went back to school in 2011. Like there are girls who were in eighth grade in 2011 and want to do what I do. And that's totally cool. But just Mm -hmm. remember that we're, that I'm eons ahead of you and not because I've like worked I have worked really, really hard, but I've, it's a marathon, not a race. And if you remember that it's a marathon, I think you stop sprinting. You really like, you have those periods of time where you put in the sprint because you're like, I have the energy to do it. I'm really motivated. This is a really exciting project or a really exciting client or a really exciting time. But then you have to balance that with like a little bit Mm -hmm. of a slowdown and not feel anxious. And I think when we're on Instagram or we're on, you know, we have a little bit of a pullback and everyone else is like, I'm announcing this this product or I'm announcing this right. thing or I just did this. And you're like, oh my God, yeah. you know, and it's, Fuck, it's- I haven't done anything. Yeah. And it's just like, that's the stuff that's giving you anxiety is like, you're just seeing everyone else spin their wheels. And just because you, just because you slowed yours down for a second, it's got to be okay. And so sometimes when I need the slowdown, it has to coincide with like, just a little less posting, a little less engaging, just because- Otherwise, am I enjoying the slowdown? Maybe not. You right. Know? Absolutely. I just took a big slowdown. I took a week vacation, which is something I do twice a year, one between Christmas and New Year's and then one at some point over the summer. And I didn't have it planned this year just because you know everything that's been happening recently, my whole summer plans were canceled and 
whatever. And so I kind of felt that I was extremely anxious every time I opened the app and that I was just go, 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 give, 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 give. And I wasn't filling up my own cup. And the break for me is kind of almost half and half. Half of it is, okay, getting off of emails and getting off of the constant to-do list and actually stepping away from work. But the other half is not consuming social media. So I take the full week off where not only am I not posting, but I'm not consuming. Because if I were consuming that week, it, it wouldn't be the vacation I need. I need to fully step away, quit the comparison game, and recharge myself per, like from the inside out, if that makes sense, instead of just constantly consuming. Totally. It's the time to bring a paper book with you. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Oh my, I've been reading so much over quarantine. It's actually insane. It's been my personal escape. And also, it's for me, reading is the time where I'm never on my phone because even if I'm watching a show, sometimes just my mind will like, without me even noticing, pick up my phone and start scrolling. Totally. And with a book, I, I cannot do that. So it's so nice. It's like Instagram jail for me. It's so nice. I can't even open the app. Um, so I'm curious. I know we gave a little bit of your title in the intro, but you obviously have done so much over this career, which I mean, it's truly incredible to see. And I'm curious if you can give us some background information on, I know you mentioned your previous career, but how you kind of went from there to then found Be Well by Kelly and what that entails. Yeah. So um, in 2011, I decided to go back to school for nutrition. I graduated USC in 2005. um, And what I was what I was working in was cancer genetics. Um, specifically, I was in like women's cancer, so ovarian mm-hmm. cancer, breast cancer. Um, I was. We were mapping the genome of tumors and understanding how to how to treat with chemotherapy in a really efficacious way because we were using the genes to understand like would this chemotherapy agent work so it'd be less toxic and more like efficacious so we get better outcomes. It's really cool. It's out at the Netherlands Cancer Institute. Anyway, very cool. Um, yeah, it was really like technical. I read a lot of PubMed research. I had to present PubMed research to um, oncologists and really explain science, like the newest science to them. So that that really mm-hmm. translated well into my job now, which is, Definitely. you know, a nutritionist and a health coach and taking the newest research and being able to understand like, okay, well, what is this research telling us? Because I think what's so scary about nutrition is that a lot of people don't understand the science of it. And then they just see a headline and they get freaked out. So I had always thought about going back to school for nutrition. I called my dad like my senior year, the summer before my senior year in tears, like I should be pre-med or I should go back and be do kinesiology or RD or something. And he was just like, yeah, well, USC is an expensive school. So if you decide to do that, you can do it on your own. Otherwise you're graduating in May. And I was like, okay. So um, I stuck with the plan to graduate and, you know, get my undergraduate degree. And then, um, what I ended up doing was like, I, like I said, I was pairing a business degree with science, uh, nature of human health and disease and, and really working on the business side of, and being able to like tap, touch my foot in like the science side of it. And so I ultimately finally decided to go back to school. You know, what's so funny is like, 
people will be a year out of college, two years out of college. And they're like, I just did this. So I don't want to start over. And I'm like, you're mm-hmm. so young. Like so young. you had to decide at 17 or 18 years old, what you want to do for the rest of your life. First of all, no one wants to, no one really, like there are certain people that are just, you know, eye on the prize and they know what they want to do. But, but no one most, really knows. No. And for most of us, we don't think that our passion can be a career and we have influences from our parents, our parents' friends, like people who mm-hmm. have beautiful lives and a beautiful house and a car. And you're like, what are they? do they're like surviving you know right. they're, they're thriving like I'll just do that and you just you're just pulled in so many d- different directions when you're you you're, you're young and I think um what I you know it's crazy to me but I like finally went back and and um and decided to go back to school and I moonlit like I um, went back to school at night and then I moonlit be well by Kelly it was a side hustle for three years so wow. I took, you know, my my W two from a big corporation and invested my income instead of saving. Mm-hmm. Invested my income into photographers taking pictures of my recipes. I took time and I wrote blog posts for free for people like Chalkboard Magazine and My Body Green, and really mm-hmm. like distilled the science and 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 my in my niche, which was like, Hey, no one's really like looking at these studies and breaking it down. And I started like sharing things. I remember I've mentioned this before on another podcast or two that, you know, the first like article I ever wrote on ketosis was in 2014. And I had the most amount of backlash I've ever received on an article. Like, um, nurses were like, making horrible comments like this girl doesn't know what she's talking about this is so dangerous and you know it's just like people didn't understand nutritional ketosis versus uh, ketoacidosis um, at the time mm-hmm. and they all really understand it now but it's just you know the science the science comes out and it's 14 to 20 years before it's actually used in clinical practice like with a doctor or, or in the community and so knowing and understanding how to read that science is really powerful so I moonlit Absolutely. The, you know, like I moonlit the job and I was saying yes to everything and doing everything for free. Like my first half a dozen clients I saw for free. And remember my mm-hmm. first client was a bride and one of my husband's fraternity brother's friends. And I'd meet her <laughs> at like a, um, a basketball court and at five in the morning and I would train her. Then we'd go to the grocery store. I'd teach her how to shop. Then we'd go to her house. I'd teach her how to make a smoothie. I'd like, oh my gosh. I was like everything to her. And what I realized is like, I just loved this, the nutrition side of it. And I really dove in there and um, randomly ran into a friend at a networking event. Cause I was like, definitely doing all of that and going to things at night and really putting myself out there. Um, and I met a friend and she was like, Oh, we're having this party. She's a production like party production planner, like party planner and does like production for those things. And she was like, oh, we're having mm-hmm. this launch party. Sorry. Um, launch party okay. for honest, um, honest products at Target. It's a bunch of beauty influencers and wellness influencers. And they all have like, you know, 300 to 500,000 followers and we can't pay you, um, but if you want to set up a little furniture vignette and give away like 20-minute nutrition consultation sessions, you can do it. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is an extension of networking. I'll do it. Right. And so I went, and it was like ridiculous. I paid more for like my hair, my makeup, and my dress than <laughs> I was even paid. I ditched out, like snuck out of like my real job, kind of like MIA for that. Cause it was during in the middle of the day, which is when all these events are and mm-hmm. 
basically no one realized what I was doing. And at one point I was like standing there like, go, maybe go stand by the caterer and like talk about the nutrition and the food. I was like, okay. (laughs) And these girls are like, are you with the caterer? I was like, no, (laughs) no, I'm a nutritionist. And I'm just like doing little sessions here. And they're like, okay. And they looked at me like I was an alien. Hold on one second. I'm going to go water. Go for it. I also think it's so funny because in the beginning of starting these side hustles, like you really do, and I made this commitment to myself, I will say yes to everything once before I decide whether it's something I want to continue. And that means like different legs of business. I don't think it's fair to say I'll say yes to everything because you have to have a life and that's just not feasible. But I would say yes to each type of opportunity once and then decide, is this something I like? Is this something I don't like? You know, I got a lot of inquiries for catering and I tried it once and I said, nope, not for me. This is not my jam. I don't want to do this or, you know, and then going from there, but you never know what these opportunities can unfold to. Totally. And you really don't know what, that's exactly like the point. Like you really don't know what you want to do when you grow up until you try (laughs) it and you're like, oh, this, I tried that on and that does not look right. Right. You know, like- And so that's kind of, I was like there and totally, you know, a little bit embarrassed. Like I'd gone back to school. I was like seeing clients on the side and it's kind of like a little bit demeaning. And I was just like, okay, this is a little bit comical now. And I went back and I sat in like this little furniture vignette they had set up for me, which would basically like two little small mini chairs and Mm -hmm. like a mini table. And um, I looked like a loner the whole party. But anyways... (laughs) Um, this really cute girl named Lauren walked up and she like had just, it was a very, very end of the party and she had gotten her food late. And I'm like, I hadn't seen this girl at the party the whole time or whatever. And she came and she's like, do you mind if I sit down? I'm like, no, please do. She's like, are you having a good time? And I was like, I'm actually working this party. Explain the situation. She's like, oh my gosh, I've dealt with so much hand inflammation. I'm a makeup artist. I'm here doing makeup. And I'm like, okay, who's, who's she doing makeup for? You know? So at Mm -hmm. this point I didn't know Jessica Alba was at the party, but what was happening was in the back of this like really beautiful house, she was doing a full media day. So oh. E News, like Us Weekly, KTLA, they were all covering the launch of Honest at Target. And so she's like, Yeah, I just get really major inflammation. I've cut out gluten, soy, dairy, all these things. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes, um, you know, nightshades can be like really inflammatory and trigger almost like arthritis and fluid retention and that means something I would consider cutting out or trying because you've really cut a lot of things out. And if it mm-hmm. is the food, it may be that. And so she ended up um, getting my number, cutting it out, emailing me, being like, can you come over and do like a real session? I was like, sure. So I came over, we did the whole thing. I modified her diet. I explained which things were nightshades because I don't, you know, there are things that sometimes people are like, wait, white potatoes? And I'm like, yeah. So we, we worked yeah, through. Even we worked me. Through. I'm like, I know what a nightshade is, but I definitely couldn't list them all. And I definitely consume a lot of them. Yeah. And so, and they're just delicious. So it's like tomatoes. I mean, that's, there's so many peppers. It's in everything. So mm-hmm. um, we worked on that. And like within a couple of weeks, her inflammation was gone. And so- I just didn't think anything of it. I just was like supporting her and then that was it. Well, she happened to be one of Jessica Alba's best friends from junior high and her makeup artist. And so then a couple weeks later, I got an introduction. Yeah, I got an introduction email to her quote unquote soul sister. Me, my soul (laughs) sister, she wants to sit down and talk nutrition. And then like within a week, I was in Jessica Alba's kitchen, kind of like going through her cabinets and talking about everything. And the thing was, is like, 
that was at the end of like my, almost like the end of the three year side hustle where when people mm-hmm. think about like, what does a side hustle look like? Well, for me, it looked like I had a full-time job, but on at lunch at night and on weekends, I was fully seeing clients for my business, writing articles, recipe developing, taking pictures of my food, you know, um, writing out captions for Instagram. Like I was in it, like I was Mm -hmm. in it and I was like totally committed. And then when there was sort of this little light at the end of the tunnel, like, wow, this could actually maybe transition into a full-time job. I'm not scared that my phone's not going to ring. I made the jump. Right. And I think that that's something that a lot of people will say, oh, it was my side hustle and then I did it full-time. And I don't think it's discussed enough what a side hustle actually looks like because I think from a consumer standpoint, they see an account like yours or maybe an influencer in the space who has a large following and it's like, oh, I want that and that probably happened as if it happened overnight and they're not acknowledging how much work and time has gone into this and for me, my side hustle was for about a year and a half, I think. Um, and it was going to be way longer until I had a bit of like a life altering change up. But my side hustle was waking up at, you know, 4.30, getting, making sure I could go to the gym before work, get to the desk by like 6.30, and then have the entire night to focus on freckle foodie stuff. And like, I mean, I think about stuff I was doing when I was in the corporate world. I convinced my boss I was on the trading floor and only um, MDs or like very high up senior people had offices and everyone else was just sitting on the trading floor at a like very close to each other desk. And we had one fridge for the entire floor and it was always packed. You couldn't put anything in there. Your stuff went missing. And I convinced my boss to let me and two other people on our team who were bringing in our food put a mini fridge in his office. And like... 90% of my freckle foodie content at that time throughout the days were just photos of me taking things out of the fridge, quickly snapping a picture in his office, running back to the desk. And then like while I was sitting on the toilet peeing later in the day, posting out my story and captioning what it was. And like, it's just finding time because, you know, no one's going to carve out all this time for you. You really have to put in the commitment, put in the effort and put in the time if it's something that you want to pursue. And it doesn't have to be something you want to pursue, but to grow, it takes a lot of that work and it's not going to be easy, unfortunately. But I think that's what you kind of touched on in the beginning is putting in that time and maybe your foot is heavy on the gas, but knowing that eventually you can pull back a bit and find that balance. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like, it's consistency and it's, when people are like, how often were you doing this quote unquote side hustle? And it's like every day, like, right. It doesn't stop. (laughs) It wasn't like a weekend thing where I was like, Oh, I'll focus on be well by Kelly again. It was, it was, Mm -hmm. I was constantly looking for ways to connect and constantly looking for ways to share. And I gave away like so much free information. Like my captions were, were blog posts. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a different, it was a different time and it was, it was awesome. Like I really, really enjoyed it. And that's, I think when people say like, I'm going to leave my job because I want to go be an X or a Y or a Z and they've never done it and they've never even tried it on. And it's, you know, you just, I think, give it a try. Like if you really want to do it, make the time in this, like on, in those hours of the day that you've created for this job, whether you're getting up at 4.30 in the morning and hitting the gym before work or, you know, like changing from work clothes into like a cute blazer and jeans to meet someone at lunch. Like you doing what you need to do to, to make it a reality for you. And, 
and to remember that like, if you really want it to be a reality, it may be a reality for, if you're an entrepreneur and you love it, it's your passion. It may be a reality for the next 30 or 40 years. Like why sprint? Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that's something I'm slowly starting to realize is obviously I think we're all a bit instant gratification seeking, especially myself. And I'm constantly reminding myself, this is a journey. I do not need these. These things will not happen overnight. I do not need them to happen overnight. And instead of focusing on this end goal that isn't even real, something I've cultivated and dreamed of, and only feeling successful or happy when I reach it, it's finding success and happiness in the everyday little things that are getting me to that eventual goal. Because otherwise you get there and it's just like, okay, what what's next? Let's set the next goal. Totally. So I'm curious if you are someone who's consumed Kelly's content, you're very familiar with this, but can you walk us through as if no one has heard has, as if no one has ever seen anything you've posted, but can you kind of walk us through what the Fab Four fundamentals are and what it entails? Yeah. So um, what I learned early on in my business was that people really didn't understand the science of blood sugar. You know, when mm-hmm. you say like, oh, balance your blood sugar, eat to balance your blood sugar, they would maybe know little things like they're like, oh, add protein or add fat and it'll balance your blood sugar. Or, um, you know, they would know that, one-off things were good for them. They'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. maca is supposed to be good for you. Matcha is supposed to be good for you. Turmeric is supposed to be good for you. And it's like a lot of like adding in a very disconjointed way. And mm-hmm. so what I, what I wanted to give people was just the foundation of nutrition and how that affects their, how that affects their physiology. And so when you talk about understanding what is blood sugar, that is like the most basic thing because blood sugar drives your energy. Um, it also influences your cravings. It also influences weight gain. It influences hormones. It influences disease states like polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, you know, pre-diabetes, type two diabetes, heart disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, and like ninety percent of the people walking around out there had no idea what it meant. And then all the books that were explaining it were really in detail. And then they're really scientific diet style books that then prescribe something like zone one in the zone diet or like, you know, Atkins Mm -hmm. phase one or, you know, pick a diet and that feels really restrictive. And so what I've always known is that one, carbohydrates are broken down into glucose or blood sugar and they spike your blood sugar. So let's say you started your day with a piece of toast, you'd eat it, you digest it, your blood sugar, that little piece of toast, you can imagine it. It's going in your mouth. It's going in your stomach. It's being digested. I literally tell my clients to picture little bread emojis floating in their bloodstream. And the more that enter their bloodstream, the higher their blood sugar goes. So the more of it they eat or the more dense in carbohydrates that food is, the more little emojis are floating in their bloodstream. They can't stay there. They're going. That's going to go up. Your body's going to go, ooh, I don't like this. There's too much blood sugar in my blood. I need to put it away. So where are they going to put it? Well, if you were ever an athlete, you know what? Carbo loading is. It was when you ate a bunch mm-hmm. of carbohydrates before a big activity and you would store that sugar in, in your gas tanks. And so the gas tanks in your body are one, your liver. That's like the fastest and easiest place to store sugar. And then second would be your muscles. So 
Your muscle cells suck up glucose and store it as a form of fuel called glycogen. And what that is, is that is energy for you to move your body. Walk around, run, do the stairs, do yoga, walk your dog. You pick an activity, doesn't matter what it is, sitting, standing, chasing a child. Your body is using that stored sugar in your muscles to like create, you know, it's your energy. It is the fuel Mm -hmm. source. And so what I was seeing is a lot of people didn't understand like basic macronutrients. Carbohydrates make blood sugar. Well, what do proteins and fats make? Well, they make, they're essential. Proteins are broken down into essential amino acids. They make our cell structures. They make our hormones, our neurotransmitters, all these things like keep us balanced and happy. Fat makes fatty acids. They create an anti-inflammatory you know, state in the body. Like if you think about omega threes, very popular anti-inflammatory fatty acid. We have essential amino acids and essential fatty acids. Like we have to get these things from our food, whether we're raw vegan, carnivore, paleo, I don't care your lifestyle. Like you Mm -hmm. have to get these things. And so protein and fat are essential. And so when I started to think about it, I was like, well, how can I support people to understand blood sugar balance, to eat things that help support blood sugar balance, and to eat the things that their body biologically needs? Because so many of the things that we read about is like, hey, don't eat this, don't eat that, that's toxic, cut that out of your diet. And nobody's saying like, hey, fill your plate. Right. You know, It's all cutting out. It's not adding. And it's never like, your body needs amino acids. Your body needs fatty acids. Your body needs antioxidants. Your body needs fiber. And so what I wanted to teach my clients was is a really empowering way to crowd out the processed foods, the sugar and the junk, never to say you can never have that because the minute you do that, I've seen it. people binge. I've seen people yo-yo. I've seen mm-hmm. people feel bad about themselves. I've seen people have major body dysmorphia. Like eating disorders, orthorexia, you name it. And it's normal because we've been in this like diet culture for so long. And so what I really wanted people to have was food freedom. And I wanted them to have food freedom by instead of focusing on the negative, focusing on the positive and getting really excited about the positive and having the momentum there and to give Mm -hmm. them the tools to balance their blood sugar without them really even understanding it. Um, And so when we talk about protein, so the fab four are four things that we're looking for you to add to your plate or to your smoothie or to your meal or whatever. And it's protein, fat, fiber, and leafy greens or vegetables deep in color. And the whole reason for that is that you need essential amino acids, like I said, for um, for the cells of your body, like you know, muscle cells, you need it for to div- to make hormones, to make neurotransmitters. Like it makes so many things that keep you balanced and happy and um thriving and strong. It's like amazing. It's a bad reputation and it's really sad to me. Then there's fatty acids. Like people were afraid of fat for so long. Thank God, like keto came back full swing. And so people are like back on board, but fatty acids are absolutely, um, critical for the absorption of fat soluble vitamins. Like you are not getting the nutrients from your food without this because fat soluble means it needs fat to break it down and and to absorb it, make it bioavailable in your body. So if anyone's ever been, you know, deficient in vitamin D, E, A, K, like all of those things need fat to any, you need fat to absorb those things from your food. So Mm -hmm. that's really important. And then the fiber piece you know, fiber and, and greens and scientific literature will never tell you that those are quote unquote essential, which is why like things like the carnivore diet have become very popular. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, 
science, quote unquote, technically tells you, you don't need those things. But when we talk about like what we are, we are an ecosystem of bacteria, 38 trillion cells of bacteria on our body, in our body, living on us. And they need fuel because they give off short chain fatty acids that create an anti-inflammatory state in the body. They feed our brain. It's like the most beautiful synergistic process when we take care of ourselves. And so fiber is super important to me for regularity with clients, for, for, um, supporting hunger, for supporting blood sugar, and then vegetables, deep in color. We're looking for antioxidants. We're looking for things Mm -hmm. to neutralize free radicals, to neutralize the breakdown and degradation of our bodies, um, to create. And I mean, it's pretty amazing, but like, for example, sulforaphane, which is a really popular phytochemical in cruciferous vegetables has the ability to double cellular detoxification by simply eating a cruciferous vegetable once a day. Like you're doubling cellular detoxification, meaning this little chemical is activating the cells in your body and they are saying, oh, instead of doing this process that I do, you know, uh, however many times a day, I'm going to double that. I'm going to do it instead of every other hour, I'm going to do it every hour. And what it does mm-hmm. is it, your, those cells release anti-inflammatory, <laughs> anti-inflammatory enzymes and anti, um, anti-cancer enzymes, which is why cruciferous vegetables are so linked to being anti-cancer, which is pretty powerful. So for so me, powerful. so for me, it was just like, how can I get people the foods that not only help them survive and what they need essentially protein and fat, how can I get them the things that will support them to thrive? And that's when we have like a thriving gut microbiome, when we have the nutrients that our body needs to really like work at an optimal level. And bonus, the carbohydrates that are fiber rich and colorful are also the carbohydrates, what you would consider cellular carbohydrates, like cellular, meaning that the sugar inside of these carbohydrates are wrapped up in fiber. A good example would be cucumber, asparagus, cauliflower, those are carbohydrates. P- vegetables mm-hmm. and fruit, those are carbohydrates. And but what they're what's so different about having that versus like wheat thins or, you know, something that's sort of processed down bread right. is that the fiber cell is wrapped around that sugar, meaning you have to masticate or chew through it. Then your body, your stomach needs to release hydrochloric acid to burn through it. Then you're the microbes in your gut microbiome need to ferment through it to release that sugar. And so that process is naturally slowing the release of sugar into your bloodstream, which is keeping your blood sugar more balanced. It's elongating your blood sugar curve and making it so you're not spiking up high and crashing Mm -hmm. down. Because what I basically found was that I had clients that would start their day with oatmeal plus blueberries and a little agave. This is like, you know, back in 2012 when everyone thought agave Mm -hmm. was still good for you. Yep. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and I'm looking at that going, oatmeal's a spike, that's blood sugar. Blueberries, cellular carbohydrate, really good for you, but also a spike, agave, sugar, spike. So I look at that and I go, ooh, their blood sugar is going up one, two, three rings up high. Your, their body's going to release insulin. Insulin's going to pick up that sugar and put it away. And that crash on that roller coaster is going to feel like crap. And when they get to the bottom mm-hmm. three hours later, what are they going to feel like? You feel like sugar because they're going to want to come back up. And so then they, they vacillate high spikes, hard crashes, high spikes, hard crashes. That's, that's hard on your thyroid. That's hard on your, on your ability to like maintain any type of normal food eating behaviors because you're craving things all the time, or you're holding out and you're white knuckling your way through your day and you're going to be irritable. And the hard part is, is like, uh, as that day goes on, 
your body fills with more and more and more insulin. And insulin is this amazing hormone that is the storage hormone. It stores sugar in your muscles so you have fuel. But it also tells your body, hey, let's hold on to fat. Let's not burn fat. Um, and let's actually suck more fat into our fat cells too. And so mm-hmm. elevated blood sugar, hyperinsulinemia, meaning elevated insulin levels, are all precursors to metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, and um, inflammation. So when we get to the inflammation state, then we're like laying the groundwork for disease. And all of these things, I can make it very, very scary, or I can just be like, hey, guess what? I want you to make the best meal that you can using these four things. Most of the time, my clients fill their plates. They don't think about the other things. And if they're like at a party and they want a glass of wine or they someone made like some delicious, like, I don't know, gluten-free brownie that's like sweet laurels recipe and they're like oh yeah for sure i want to have this high quality like dessert that isn't from like a package doesn't have preservatives that'll keep it shelf stable for the next five years then they enjoy it without feeling guilt right I have so much that I want to ask you. First of all, I want to say you are so fucking smart. <gasps> like just listening to you speak, I'm mind blown. Um, and it's interesting because I've been told all of these things. It's really hard for me to process and remember them all. But also, you know, we grab all these things from headlines, but we don't necessarily know the science behind it, which I think is where I struggle with Instagram because people – who don't have edu- education in these topics are making claims that they honestly have no science or information backing. Yeah. So I really appreciate what you just unpacked for us all. Thanks. And it's also had me question a lot of my meals of like, okay, I definitely am not doing all of those things. And that's why I'm feeling certain ways a few hours after. And I'm curious for you if like, for instance, the oatmeal example. Yeah. So how could someone take oatmeal if you – think like that they it. can. Yeah. Um, and I love it. How could they then incorporate maybe the Fab Four or make it a more sustainable be dish. well by Kelly approved dish? Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful question because here's the deal. Um, in my first trimester of pregnancy, all I wanted was carbohydrates. Nothing looked mm-hmm. appealing. You're like, I don't want any of that. Right. And, and you have to honor that and you have to be able to have food flexibility. And that's really important to me and my to me for my clients. So when you think mm-hmm. about eating a processed carbohydrate or even a grain carb like a whole grain carbohydrate, let's say you're doing steel cut oats or something like that, we just right. have to like we have to be on the same page with the science. It's a carbohydrate, it's going to break down to blood sugar, our blood sugar is going to rise. How can we slow it down? How can instead of it being a high spike and a hard crash, how can we elongate that? How can we elongate mm-hmm. that curve to make that meal last for us so we arrive at lunch being like Hmm, what do I feel like? Not like it's 1030. What are we ordering from Postmates? And Which was and, literally the hour I was allowed to speak about lunch in the corporate world because I would be so hungry for lunch at 10 a.m. And they were like, you have to wait until at least 1030. Yeah. Because I clearly wasn't eating a filling enough breakfast. Well, and that's something that's so, so important for me, for my clients to understand. Look, protein is the most satisfying macronutrient. It's going to regulate over four of your eight hunger hormones in your body. It is, it, it, is really people who 
people who don't understand the science will tell you that you can start your day with a plain oatmeal, a celery juice, um, you know, an, an oat latte and be fine. And the problem with that is fine. If you have spent the last five years starving yourself, white knuckling it, writing everything mm-hmm. down in my fitness pal and deciding that that's the life you want to lead by all means. But here, let me tell you, there's an easier way. And right. research continues to show us that starting your day with protein, not only regulates blood sugar, regulates hunger hormones, but it, it, has people naturally eating, you know, naturally and calories to me don't matter, but like naturally eating three to 500 less calories a day, less obsessive thoughts about food, less night eating, less afternoon crashes. And it's just by getting their blood sugar in line. So when I, when I have a client who's like, I love oatmeal, I'm like, great. How can we make this oatmeal have more fiber in it? So you digest it slower and your blood sugar doesn't spike as high. Well, we do that by Mm -hmm. adding a little chia, a little flax. So we're lowering the amount of, of oats, but we're adding chia, we're adding flax, maybe we're adding hemp parts. Okay, great. So there's a little protein, there's a little healthy fat, there's a little fiber in those things. Can we can we even kick the the protein up a little bit more and keep the sugar low? So if someone was using like a flavored oatmeal, can you mm-hmm. use plain oats and add like a vanilla collagen to that? Or can you add a, you know, a vanilla pea protein to that if you're vegan or vegetarian? These are ways to regulate the hunger hormones in your body. Tell your body you're full, you're satisfied, you're not going to need food for a little while. Slow the digestion of that meal and then you make that oatmeal and say you decide want to throw an a tablespoon of almond butter on that and some blueberries. It's cool because the blueberries are cellular, you know, they're wrapped in that fiber. It's going to be a slower digestion and you're adding a little bit of fat to do the same thing. Now someone might look at that and go, Oh my God, that's a 500 calorie breakfast or that's a 600 calorie breakfast. And I will tell you the research continually tells us that fewer meals a day get results in better digestion. And if you can balance and eat real whole foods, you don't, Mm -hmm. your body balances its blood sugar better. Your energy is sustained. And I'm sorry, but if you look at that and someone has a 600 calorie meal three times a day, they're still probably low in their caloric intake, but they're so much more satisfied. And if they need like a handful of nuts between lunch and dinner, because that time of day is just sort of depressed hormonally and Mm -hmm. we need it, fine. But let's keep it balanced and then you're good. And I think that there's so much false information being floated around, not only Instagram, but everywhere of, you know, I've seen, okay, start your day with a green juice and a fruit, a plate of berries, and that'll be the best thing for your digestion. And I struggle with IBSC. And so I would try it every once in a while. I also like, will just try things just to see how I personally react to them. You should. And within an hour, I'm freaking ravenous. And I'm like, that was not breakfast. And I feel, I I don't know how to equate it other than I physically feel, as I think we all do if you pay attention, the spike in blood sugar. And I say it's almost like I'm floating in the clouds where I'm, I feel so high above physically and not grounded whatsoever. And I'm just like floating and grasping for things to ground me. And that's almost how I equate it. And so I can feel when I am experiencing those things. And, you know, I'll follow this influencer who has hundreds and thousands of followers telling everyone to start their day with just a fruit plate and a green juice. And I try it and to an hour, not even two hours, an hour later, I'm grasping for anything I can get my hands on. So I think it's really important to not only consume information from people who have education in this topic and understand the science, but also like assess how you're feeling. If you're trying all of these quote unquote trends and you're noticing you don't feel great, then that's a sign to maybe stop and redirect. And 
what you kind of just said, the oatmeal bowl you built out for me, which I really appreciate. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, is something that I make a lot and I, I'm kind of adding those things already. And I was talking to someone and they were like, wow, that is such a big breakfast. And I was like, yeah, but I'm full until lunch. Yeah. And then I'm eating lunch and then I'm full until dinner. So I think really like assessing how you're feeling after these meals. And I've been noticing personally that I do feel a bit like a lack of protein in my diet. And Mm -hmm. I've been trying to incorporate more. And another question I have for you is I really struggle finding protein powders that I like. Mm -hmm. Like I really struggle. Mm -hmm. I think a lot are unfortunately filled with ingredients that we don't necessarily need. Mm -hmm. And especially ones that are like trying to make them taste good. And it's packed with things like stevia, which I can't stomach. Mm -hmm. So do you have advice on what to look for in a protein powder for anyone listening or like if you feel comfortable I mean you can share any brand on here I don't really care about that but if there are brands that you love and trust what the names of those would be yeah definitely so um one thing to consider is what you eat like if someone is a vegan or a vegetarian um they're probably not going to use collagen because there's no such thing as a vegan or vegetarian collagen which I think is really confusing for people out there because sometimes you can have collagen types of amino acids like glycine and certain types of foods, but there's no real collagen in um, vegetables or vegetable, um, any type of vegetable protein. So here's what I would say is if someone is vegan or vegetarian, they need to pick up, they need to look for something that's a complete, a complete protein or um, like a clean protein. So I always like my protein powders to be less than five ingredients. So really it should just be the protein, a flavor, like um, organic vanilla powder or cacao mm-hmm. and a sweetener that works for you. That might be monk fruit. That might be stevia for someone listening. Um, and if you can stay away from alcohol, sugars, cane sugars, things like that, I'm looking for this not to spike your blood sugar, even if it does taste a little sweet. And right. it should be really that you're building a whole food smoothie on top of a protein powder. It is like the one supplement that we're using in it. And so for me, if someone is an animal eater, they eat salmon, chicken, um, steak, grass-fed bison, whatever it is. Collagen is a really beautiful thing to incorporate into your diet because Mm -hmm. it's rounding out your amino acid profile. And people will say, well, collagen isn't Collagen's protein. Collagen is protein. It's not a complete protein, meaning it doesn't contain all the essential amino acids, but you're eating essential amino acids and the other types of protein that you're eating throughout the day if you're having eggs and, like I said, fish, chicken, steak. Mm-hmm. And so what collagen is giving you is, is amino acids like glycine and proline, things that you're not getting a lot of and like things that are <clears throat> essential for synthesizing new collagen internally um, and, you know, protecting and, and um synthesizing and protecting gut, you know, your gut health and joint health and skin health and all of that beautiful stuff. So I think a very simple plain collagen, whether that's like a vital proteins or a collagen, collagen. Yeah. Or a collagen derivative, like, um, you know, like, uh, like a bone broth protein. Um, so Mm -hmm. what I love about a bone broth protein is that it's normally a chemical free process. They make bone broth, they dehydrate it and you're good right? Um, the hard part with plant-based proteins is a lot of times they're using chemicals like hexane, right? How are you going to get protein out of a pea or out of soybean or out of rice? Um, and so I'm really particular about my plant-based proteins for those clients. I'm looking for really minimal blends. I like pea over rice and, um, soy for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. just because of, of just like glyphosate residue, arsenic, 
you know, potential for heavy metals, all kinds of things like that. So, um, you know, a great organic like pea protein would be either now sports or, um, you know, uh, food babe, the Truvani line is very, very simple. That's a pea protein, monk fruit, and, um, like an organic cacao or vanilla powder. It's a very clean okay. product. Um, I personally am coming out with a protein powder. It sh- should launch. I was just going to say you should have one. So and I knew next, it was in the works. <laughs> you know, it's funny is like a couple of years ago. And I think this is where, when you talk about the business side of things, like I was told, oh, you made this, like created this amazing smoothie formula that's like sustaining people on smoothies. Well, that's because people were drinking like the all fruit smoothies from Jamba Juice right. and you go somewhere and it was like literally oh a sugar bomb. And they, <laughs> like I always joke, like they might as well have dr- drank a bottle of rosé for breakfast. Like it's right. just like that's going to destroy you the rest of the day. Um, so once I made the, the smoothie formula, kind of became known for smoothies. I was just using, you know, dabbling and using and I, I did purchase pea protein because I felt like, oh, I need to be really inclusive and I need to be um, everything to everyone. And mm-hmm. I never really, I gut checked that. And I never really felt good about that because when I got pregnant with Sebastian, I, um, I wanted to lower all of like the plant-based powders that I was eating because plants sequester heavy metals from the soil. And then when they're dehydrated and ground up, you're increasing the amount of heavy metals in your diet or increasing the amount the potential toxicity. And so like everyone who's like powdering everything like from Moon Juice and Sun Potion and mm-hmm. um, Four Sigmatic and all these brands that I love, like I love these brands. There is definitely nutrition in these things, but like the simplicity of a diet, like the real nutrition of a diet is whole foods, basic things, and then elevating in certain places. And where I wanted to like really hone in on is like, what would be really great for a growing fetus? And <laughs> collagen right. is phenomenal. Like you, I need that baby needs collagen for every organ and every tissue in its body. It needs call. I need collagen for the stretching of my skin, the stretching of my uterus and for my placenta. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize that glycine because becomes consensually conditionally essential during pregnancy because most pregnant women are protein deficient. And so it's crazy to me, but like, so finally (laughs) I ended up liquidating (laughs) that pea protein because I just was like, I'm pregnant and I don't want to drink that. That's a bad sign. Like, so I decided, you know, I lost money on that, but you always have to gut check and you always have to be true to yourself. And you always have Mm -hmm. to like, don't be a sellout. Like I can't even tell you the amount of times over, I didn't take, I didn't take money from a brand for like over five years with my business. And Mm -hmm that was really important to me because it's like, I have work to do here first. Like I need to be a trusted source. Like I'm not just going to turn around and say yes to every little brand. Like, yes. Was it harder? Was it longer? I remember saying no to like 10 grand from Aveeno because there were endocrine disrupting chemicals in it on EWG. And I just remember being like, God, so many people see these commercials and they think Aveeno is the cleanest brand ever, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's just, you got to be true to yourself. So ultimately ended up liquidating that. And, um, I'm coming out with, and it's actually at Amazon right now. So I'm like just waiting for them to accept it and then it'll be available, but I'm launching. It's taken me a long time to find a source, but it's a, a, a Swedish hundred percent pasture raised grass fed beef protein. So what does that mean? Um, it's the same process, a chemical free process, just like making bone broth. Um, but when you take if you were to make like stew with beef and bones, um, what it mm-hmm. would do is you'd like stew down that meat and and you'd get all the collagen amino acids and all the essential amino acids from that protein. And then it's just dehydrated. So it's three ingredients. It's monk fruit and organic vanilla, organic cacao or unflavored. And then the um, grass-fed beef protein. So wow. 
It's I'm um, so excited because you're answering the question that I need. Like it's the one thing in my life that I'm like, I do not have a protein powder that I feel comfortable with and love, yet I know I need to add it to my smoothie. And then I'm just in this weird dichotomy. You know, it's going to give people a little bit of the heebie-jeebies because they're like beef protein, bone broth protein, you know, like people get <laughs> – right. But like everyone's downing collagen because they're like – they just disconnect from the fact that like, hey, by the way, that's cow hide, cow joints, mm-hmm. cow like hooves. Like do you know right, where I'm it's drinking my from? coffee every morning. <laughs> and a lot of times it's actually a chemical process to remove that. And so mm-hmm. what I'm offering you is like all your essential amino acids, all your collagen amino acids – and a complete protein that's going to be really satisfying to all the hormones in your body screaming at you to eat. Um, and so I'm really excited about it. Um, I know there's going to be a group of people that are going to be like disappointed in, in the fact that I'm coming out with a beef protein, but I'm being true to myself. And the reality is the farm that I'm using is you know, the type of farm that sequesters carbon because they graze their animals. And so when it comes to like actually the longevity and the sustainability of a regenerative farm like this is that it is better for the environment than any soy, rice, or pea crops that are being tilled and um, depleting the soil. Mm -hmm. Well, A, you have to stay true to yourself. And B, especially when it comes to food, people will always have an opinion. It's like, you know, you have so many people saying that if you're eating from sustainable farms, you're helping the environment. And then you have people who are like, if you eat an animal, you're a bad person. So you can't win with everyone, but you're clearly doing your best and your research and your science and you're going with your gut, which is the most important thing. And I mean, it's so clear from just this episode alone, but also following you, how passionate you are on this topic and how much time you've put in to help and better others. So as a consumer, I thank you for that. And I really appreciate it. And I'm curious what, (laughs) I'm curious what your favorite characteristic about yourself is. Um, I think I'm really positive. Like I really Mm -hmm. do. I think I do. And I don't know if it's just like naturally in me, but I really focus on like the good stuff. Um, to a fault, I think, you know, when things go wrong and I totally bomb a presentation or something, I don't, I don't, I don't like, like ruminate on it. It doesn't become like the focus. And I do ruminate on positive things when something's going right. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. Like high five, (laughs) let's do this. I do it with my husband. I do it with my son. Like, my son Bash Sebastian now runs around and goes, "Go Bashy, go Bashy, go!" Like oh he's cheering God, himself on when he's like we running around our apartment <laughs> um, because I just I lo- I don't know. Like I I think I was raised that way. My dial is my husband always says your dial is set that way, but it's really been. Um, I feel very lucky that that is the case because there have definitely been times where I've made major mistakes and and they sit with me for a while and I'm embarrassed and I just want to crawl in a hole or whatever it is. And, um, for the most part, I, I do really try to like lily pad hop the positive moments. Um, and it keeps the momentum going for me. That's honestly an incredible characteristic and something that I am constantly trying to work on. I feel like I'm trying to flex the positivity muscle and voice because I think it's I don't know. I I definitely 
find times where I'm obviously celebrating the wins and I'm excited and I'm positive, but I also can unfortunately ruminate in the negative a bit. And so I'm trying to make that switch. So I need to surround myself with more people like you. Oh, well, you know what? I'm actually coming out with a journal with HarperCollins at the end of the year. So I'll make sure that you, I'll make sure that you get one because one of the processes every day is positivity tracking and it has to be really, really, really specific. Like for mm-hmm. example, like today, I might be like, awesome podcast with Cameron. Totally jive with her. That was like a really <laughs> fun hour. Not like, I'm really thankful for my health. Like it is right. It is like we are finding these really positive moments. Like when we were in Big Sur camping this weekend when Bash was running saying, go Bashy, go Bashy, go. Mm-hmm. That would have been like, I didn't have my journal with me, but that would have been something I would have like written down in my positivity tracker. Like he seems like he's like literally cheering himself on and my heart is expanding because of it. And you get so detailed that then what ends up happening is these, these little moments, it could be literally the taste of your coffee, the first sip on a Monday morning. It could be whatever Mm -hmm. it is. It's like you start to really look for those things and you train your brain to see those things. Even in the simple day-to-day things, I think it really makes your regular everyday life so much better. I 100% agree. And I'm someone who journals every morning and I free journal, but then I also do three things that I'm grateful for, three things I'm manifesting and three affirmations. And not only has that, it's helped me so much. And it's been so interesting to watch unfold because I've been kind of practicing this for the past year or so. But another thing that I've mentioned, I think on a recent podcast, definitely on um, a... Instagram story is that I also do this thing with my husband where every single night we say something that we're grateful for and something that we're excited for because I just felt like females spend so much time doing this kind of work just notoriously. And I feel like males are less not in touch with their emotions. And I'm not trying to like, <laughs> no, stereotype. <I> get it. <laughs> but they're just, they're not sitting there being like, I'm so happy this happened. And wow, this was so amazing. You know, their mind is constantly telling them how much they rock, but it's less focused on like what's happening. So mm-hmm. we've been doing that. And for us, it's such a nice way to end our night. And we get like so specific on like what happened in that exact day and what we're excited for in that next day. And I don't know, I think it's such a small addition, but I've noticed, A, it's a great connector for the two of us to like ground ourselves together before we go to bed. But also, it just brings that positivity that you're talking about of like finding joy and happiness in the very small things, which is really important, especially in a time like right now. Totally. I love that. I'm going to start using that with Chris. Get yeah, me, get it's him really involved. Fun. Yes, I know. And now I, I've like – there's this TikTok song that's um, – it's like, look at you, boy, I invented you. And it's all these like videos of girls talking about their significant others. And it's like when he grabs for the almond milk over the like whole milk at a barista or, you know, like silly yeah. things like that. And when Joe will say certain things, he'll be like, well, I'm manifesting this for you. I'm like, okay, look at you. Ah. I invented you. <laughs> oh, my God. I um, need your help. I'm so old. Like I – I downloaded TikTok and I was like, I don't even know how to like navigate this. Oh gosh. We'll do an off chat on TikTok because I'm addicted, okay. but now I feel like it's going to like be gone for all of us. Um, but it's it's a dangerous, dangerous hole. And then to close, I know we've talked actually a lot about food, which is like kind of interestingly rare for this podcast. I don't really <laughs> focus on food. So it's been a nice change up. But what are the three ways to your heart through food? Mm. 
Oh, it's such it's a good question, question because I love food so much. Um, I'm going to have to say one of my Fab Four smoothies because I I will say that like that for me got me through my pregnancy with Sebastian. It was it helped mm-hmm. me with um, you know getting enough protein. It really dictates my ability to eat eat balanced and in a satisfied, nourishing way the rest of the day. And so I say that that like that has opened up the time and the space for me to really focus on the other things. And I think when food is in the central focus, which it was for me for a long period of time, like I think people think, you know, I just came up with the fab four out of nowhere. And it's like, no, I, I spent like a long time. Like I started in diet and lifestyle books and magazines when I was in high school. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I can't believe my parents like let me, but they did. And then it followed me through college and I was obsessed with it. And then plus eight years out of college. And then to finally get to this place where like, I'm just like a grandma. I was like, Oh honey, just eat something. You know, like I'm telling people to like take care of themselves. And like, that's a way that like I take care of myself so that I am not focused on the food 24 seven. And it's been really freeing. So I'll say like, that's one of the ways to my heart. And then polar Mm -hmm. opposite, polar opposite. I just found this and it wasn't on, it wasn't on the radar until just recently. Cause we, since COVID, my husband and I moved down to Orange County to like live in a beach condo, like walkable to a beach. Just, we needed some space. Everything was virtual and we're looking to buy a house. And so we're like, Hey, let's just have like a vacation summer in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I'm working here obviously. And like, right. but it's just a different atmosphere, more nature. And there is this little beachy shack that has, gluten-free, vegan chocolate chip cookie, coconut milk ice cream sandwiches. Oh my God, yum. <laughs> ice cream is my favorite food. And, so. um, and I got them for my husband's birthday, which is June 29th. And, you know, we're in the middle of July. And I like, I, I'm always like, if we walk to that beach, then the ice cream sandwich place is there. <laughs> um, but also I'm pregnant. So that's like every food is just exploding in your mouth. Um, yeah. And then the third would just be I'm California, born and raised, like, Orange County surfer girl. I drove like a lifted truck all throughout high school and college. People like laugh when they find that I out. I love that. But I grew up on boards, like wakeboarding, snowboarding, um, and surfing. And um, so like Mexican food is Mexican food is mm-hmm. like in my soul, in my blood. Guac, tacos, chips, margs, spicy margaritas. Like, I mean, that is my it's just so good. That is my happy place when it comes to food. So um, so yeah, I would say those are all of the variations of getting to my heart through food. I love all of those things yeah. so much. So that definitely is my positive of the day is that you just remind me of three things I love. Um, well, thank you so much for being on here. This was so much fun and also so incredibly informative for so everyone fun. who's listening. Where is the best place for them to follow you? Yeah. So they can come follow along on Instagram. All my social handles are, um, at be well by Kelly. The podcast is be well, um, the be well by Kelly podcast. And, um, my books are body love and body love every day. I think if people haven't read the books and the science of nutrition, isn't something they're like super familiar with. I have a course online that is 15 videos, 40 page downloadable PDFs and throughout the rest of the year, when you sign up, you'll get like additional direct Zoom hours with me where people just ask questions in the Zoom chat and I go like one by one. And it may be like, what about intermittent fasting? What about collagen? Mm-hmm. What about supplements for kids? What about, you know, if I have PCOS? So that's super powerful right now until baby two comes Incredible. at the end of the year. Um, and I think 
like I said, like it's the science of body love and body love every day, plus like way more. And so if you're Mm -hmm. feeling like, wow, videos and like just the cliff notes and PDF is exactly what I'm looking for, then I just, I just probably go do the course. Okay. Well, everything will be linked in the show notes. So for everyone listening, all the information is at your fingertips. Thank you so much for joining. Definitely go check out and follow Kelly on all of her platforms. She's an incredible addition to your social media page. And thank you guys for listening so much. I'll see you next week. You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. It really means the world to me. It means more to me than you could ever know. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please head over to wherever you consume your podcast and rate and or review the show. It not only helps the show's growth, but it really makes my day when I go through and read all of the reviews. If you aren't already, please follow along over on Instagram at Freckled Foodie for my way too active channel and at FF and Friends Pod for more information on the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day and I can't wait to give you the next episode.